Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the No Rivals Network. I'm here. My name's Jurgen. I'm here with Steve. Hello, how's it going? And Blue. Hello, hello. We are here to talk some fun stuff. We're going to spend most of the episode talking about what we thought, what we think of the LEC so far, any rosters, any format changes. But before we start anything, let's talk about that World's Finals a little bit. What do you guys think of this World's as a whole? I thought it was pretty good. Um, the Finals was great. Obviously, going to Game 5, DRX winning it all. I actually just saw now on Twitter that they let go of their entire starting five and the coaching staff from what it looked like. They're at least free agents. I shouldn't say they let them go, but they're free agents now. So we'll see if they can bring any of them back or all of them back. Uh, and yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, for me, the finals and the whole tournament as in general was pretty fun to watch. It was depressing to see the West bow out so early as always, but that's kind of par for the course at this point. But I was kind of expecting things beyond quarters at least to go exactly as I predicted. JDG would win the whole thing, but then T1 surprised me. DRX, I was a non-believer the whole time. So it was a, it was a great time to watch. I was about to say, in every predictions for the org, didn't you guess against DRX? I did, and I've lived to regret my decisions since. <laughs> I think, especially since we're on the topic of LEC, Europe looked really strong in week one of Worlds. I think they were 6-3 and three on the week, looking really optimistic, and then just absolutely went completely downhill. I think with the tiebreaker included... Europe went 1-9 and nine in Week 2, which ended up leading to Rogue getting swept out of the quarterfinals by JDG. A pretty unfortunate year, considering how fun uh, the LEC was as a whole over the summer, especially with Rogue getting their first title. G2 managing to pull it out in spring and win it and go to MSI. There were just so many great storylines, and it was a shame that's how it came to an end. Yeah, but now we got a, a new year going for the LEC, getting started. A lot of roster changes, a huge format change that I'm really excited for. Actually, I would say before we even start the rosters, I would say let's jump into a little bit of this format because I'm no expert on it. I didn't look in too much into it. Hopefully you guys did. But this format just looks really bizarre compared to some of the LCS, LPL, and LCK formats. But it looks like it could turn out to be really fun. I think it's going to be a great time to watch. It's definitely going to spice things up because the BO1s have been a kind of weak practice. You play two games a week and you've got, what, like eight weeks in a split and you're basically done. It's just like if you're if you're not making it to playoffs, your whole run's over. You've just played best of ones all year. But with this, you knock out two teams, which two teams are that are underperforming. I mean, they're underperforming, so who cares really? And then the BO3s is where things are going to get really spicy and then double elimination as always is great as well so i'm i'm really excited about this format just not sure how msi will play in but sure that'll come to light soon enough yeah i think it's going to be good i think the to me actually i think the most interesting thing is i, I guess i'd say two things one having the winter split and spring and summer three splits is going to be really interesting especially for the teams that'll go really late into the best of threes and the best of fives depending on scheduling that could probably make it pretty tiring for the players depending on how much of a break is going to be between say winter split and spring split and then msi i'd assume that would still be after spring split and then going right from that into summer that could be pretty interesting for like some of those top teams who go into the best of fives especially but I also really like that in the best of ones, two teams don't get out. 
the bottom two teams won't be advancing to the best of three stages. And that, I hope, could make it a bit more competitive for those bottom teams to try to be not necessarily sandbagging, obviously, but you got to try to make changes going into the next splits if you want to keep your name out there and keep playing. Otherwise, it's going to be really rough for you if you fail to get out of the best of ones and two, let alone three splits. And when I was kind of scourging the internet, looking for people, how do people feel about this? Do they like it? Do they dislike it? A few of the questions that came to mind when talking about this new format is how will this affect pro players? Do you guys think with the prominence of having a winter, a spring, and a summer split, we could see a lot more movement between teams happen throughout the year instead of like what kind of happens now where everything in free agency happens in bulk when the year is over? Yeah, that's the one thing I'm not really sure about is because... I don't know how that affects the offseason. Like, having this third extra split in there, I don't know the timing for it, like how that correlates to the old system of having two splits normally. So I don't know if, like, is there going to be just this weird kind of dead period in, in Europe where they only make roster changes, like, between teams or you know, between, like, the LEC teams and the ERL teams? I really don't know what to expect going into that. I think for me, the number one thing is that it'll give the bottom two teams at least the opportunity, if not if nothing else, to really change things up. Like if you have a really weak winter, then maybe you want to run it back for spring. But if you fail to make it to the BO3s in both winter and spring, then you've got that opportunity while everyone else is still playing to really reevaluate your roster, decide whether or not you want to make any changes there, and then uh, potentially come back much stronger in summer. On the topic of some of these teams kind of being able to experiment with rosters with these more splits, these format changes, what do you think could happen to some of the rookies that might pop up in the LEC? Because it's a very common thing, especially for Europe. Some of these under struggling or teams that struggle a bunch have lower win rates, not able to pull away games from top teams. They'll start feeding from some LFLs, some ERLs. They're more competent to bring in rookies into the system do you think with rookies coming up in these lower tier teams, them finishing lower in the split and only having the opportunity for BO1s, not making that to the top eight or the top four, do you think that could potentially stunt some of the growth coming out of new rookies in LEC? Uh, I think that it's possible, but really the fact that they've brought into EMEA or however you pronounce the new E part of that acronym, I think that your existing roster might struggle because they might be more willing to cycle out with the addition of an extra split. But at the same time, I think that opens up the opportunity to promote uh, these rookies from the ERLs more readily, more availably from even a wider array of um, regions. And that could potentially bring up the whole region as a whole as a result. Yeah, I think it'll just depend on how much movement the, the teams actually want to do when it comes to, you know, testing out rookies. Because I feel like, if anything, it may be, they might be even more, uh, not inclined, I guess, decline doesn't sound right, but I guess it's declined to, like, not want to use rookies. Because they just want to make sure they can get a solid team and hopefully get out of the best of ones and go into the best of threes and beyond. A very, very exciting format coming out from the LEC I'm sure everyone in the West will be excited to see how it plays out for the teams and for the organization. But speaking of the teams, ladies and gentlemen, it is finally time. Are you ready, Steve? Are you ready, Blue? Are you ready to drop some hot opinions and hot takes about these LEC rosters? Yeah, I'm yes, ready. I've, I've been researching. I am not normally an LEC guy. I haven't been an LEC guy 
I think probably basically since they made the change over to that name. I watched ULCS when I was first getting into it. So I, I did a decent bit of looking up VODs and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sure Bean will be able to help take the lead more and I'll be contributing what I can from what I've taken from smaller sample sizes. Nah, but hearing, hearing about the prep Steve's been doing, I think you've been smurfing it. So this should be a great discussion. Potentially the most knowledgeable analyst on the planet. Some have said. Some have said. We are going to start in alphabetical order. The first team on the docket is everyone's favorite, Astralis. Starting out with Finn in the top lane, one one three from Carmine Corp in the jungle. Dayor, is that how you pronounce his name? Dajor? Dayor, Dayor, I think. I don't know. Kabe in the AD carry position and Yonghoon in the support position. Steven Blue, what do you think of this team? Uh, I can take the lead on this one. Uh, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, I think that Astralis is is probably, I'm hoping they're going to look better this year, but at the same time, it's Astralis. They've been bottom of the bracket forever now since they rebranded to Astralis. You just, there's so little expectations placed on this team that to me, for them to even make playoffs would be a huge success. Going beyond that is potentially really difficult, but I don't know. You, you keep the bot lane the same. They're cool. They're not the, necessarily the greatest. Dayor is a player that I think should have been replaced by someone like Nuke Duck, who's significantly more experienced, uh, has b had better performances, but unfortunately has been relegated to Team McDonald's. Top jungle, potentially upgrades, but I don't know. This roster in general, looking at it broadly speaking, is, is not one I have high hopes for. Yeah, from what I looked at, with Astralis, I feel like, yeah, it's basically similar opinions. I liked Finn a lot before when he was on Rogue. Obviously now not as impressive as he was before, if you could even call it that. I don't think he stood out too much at all recently. Kabe I like. Obviously he's a name everyone will recognize, so hopefully he can at least be solid. So 113 was an interesting one because I know before with K-Corp, he had some hype around him at least. But then this last season didn't seem like he did that well. There wasn't a lot of bright spots for him from what I could see in a lot of his games. The stat line scouting, just looking at like his KDAs and stuff like that, didn't really do him any favors. He's probably one of the guys you're hoping that can become decent at some point, maybe find some sort of previous form. But I'm not very optimistic about someone like him coming in to start out and being a decent jungler right off the bat. Second up is XL Esports with Odoamne in the top lane, Xerxe in the jungle, Vethio in the mid lane, and Patrick and Targamus rounding out the bot lane. To me, this is this right off the bat. This has to be the 2023 super team, which, uh, putting it into perspective, historically speaking, EU super teams never really do as well as that as people hope they will. I'm really expecting great things from this roster potential title contenders but at the same time i don't want them to fall under that curse really excited to see odo playing the weak side vto potentially being the main superstar carry finally gets a roster he can work with instead of four pink wards around him patrick not necessarily a standout but great player can potentially carry but they don't have to put too many resources into him i mean this whole team just looks so nice to me yeah, I really liked uh, the bot lane 
I was watching a lot of VODs from the, the playoffs of summer for the LEC, and Patrick always seemed to, to stand out, usually more so good than bad. So I'm really excited to see what he can do um, on this roster. You know, and like I say, he doesn't have to be the main carry threat at least, right? VTO was obviously spring split MVP in, in, in Europe. He has a lot of potential still in room to grow. He can be a carry threat mid lane. So it doesn't all have to fall on to Patrick, but I think him and Targamus are going to be really, really solid together. I loved watching Targamus play on G2, especially like some of his Senna games. They were just really standout performances. So I'm excited to see what they can do together. And I think there's a lot of different options for Excel to carry through with either mid or bot. And Xersei can hopefully still be solid enough to enable them. Yeah, it's cool that you bring that up because I think Xerxes is going to be the main player that I'm going to keep my eye on at least because XL already had a really, really good jungler in Marcoon in my opinion and replacing him with Xerxes who's, who seems to be more of a loose cannon, you never really know what you're going to get from him. Uh, I think that he might be the make or break for this uh, entire roster and if he can build up good synergy with Vito, who's a super carry in every sense of the word, make some plays around the map. VTO is known for his Akali or uh, these playmaking types of champs. So play around the mid lane, get him ahead, move through the map, potentially get Patrick a little ahead, and then Odo Omne is just going to be off on his own, doing his own thing with Orin or whoever it is, and just makes himself relevant in the late game no matter what. Next up, out with the new, in with the old, the Fnatic 2023 roster with Wonder, Razork, and Humanoid running out that top jungle mid. And then a bit of a switch up in the bot lane. Reckless returning to Fnatic with Rux being promoted from the Academy roster. I'm going to let you take this one, Steve, because I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, so I think that watching the, the playoffs, again, this is like basically where most of my opinions kind of got formed for like some of these top teams that made it there. I thought Razork was pretty decent. He didn't do great versus Rogue. Um, and, and I think that was their last series that they got eliminated in, but he had some decently solid moments. It wasn't anything super standout, either good or bad, but I graded him out pretty positively. I think Wonders, fairly neutral, seems like the kind of guy that can really carry or really hinder you from, from winning the game on your team. And Humanoid, especially on some Silas games, went really, really crazy throughout the playoffs. That seems like one of his better champions from what I watched. So I'm excited to see them. Reckless coming back is obviously going to be the big thing. Everyone thought he was going to go into K Corp and just run it down. Or I shouldn't say that, like run it down in like a good way. He was going to kill everyone on the opposing bot lanes. They just go crazy. Didn't really happen. I think he was just kind of solid from what I heard. I never really heard a lot of highlights for him, you know, going around making the rounds. And then Rooks was the big one because I knew as soon as. As he stepped in for Hilly, I saw that EG game at Worlds, and I was I was immediately on the Rux bandwagon. He had a really, really good game against Evil Geniuses on the Leona. He had so many nice plays with uh, ults, max range ults, and getting combos with flash EQ ult, or ulting from long range, and then being able to close the gap and make really solid engages. He didn't have as quite standout of a game against Chiefs, but I think his, his stat line ended up being a little bit better. He didn't die in either game on two engaged supports, and he got racked up the assists. So I'm excited to see what Rux can do. I think that 
if they're able to get someone else for bot lane like i i would have been excited if they got someone like patrick away from excel like i don't know what his contract situation was i'm not saying that could have been a realistic thing but if they could have gotten someone who i'd have a bit more confidence in like patrick or even someone like neon on misfits from last year who i liked a lot i think that could have been a much more interesting uh bot lane duo yeah and I, that's kind of why I wanted you to go first, because I think that I'm going to be way in the other direction, where to me, this roster is a very clear downgrade, where Upset was the superstar player on Fnatic. He de- he definitely didn't play great every single game, like nobody you can expect that from. But to me, he was the clear player that the team would play around, get him ahead, and then hopefully he can carry everybody else to victory. But when you put in... When you get rid of him, he ends up on Team McDonald's, which is just depressing to me, honestly. And then you bring in someone like Reckless, who seems to have been on the downturn lately. Not necessarily bad by any means. He still is the Reckless. But he's been in the ERLs for a year, potentially rusted a little bit. Uh, And then you bring in Rux, who's a rookie. I think that the dynamic between them will be a really important thing to establish, because if Rux can enable Reckless, then potentially this will go well. But to me, I don't know. Wonder is not a carry player. Humanoid could be, but he's as coin flip as it gets. He's not the informed Mad Lions humanoid we used to see. And then you just downgrade your bot lane. Like, where is this team going to find their carry from to me? And I'm going to be personally surprised if this team is even close in the running for uh, the title. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a downgrade in the bot lane. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, den- I'm obviously not trying to deny that. I'm not saying Reckless is anywhere near upset. Obviously, he wasn't that good in the LFL. Um, I, I have some positivity surrounding Rux, but again, it's like, like I said before, I think if you got a different bot laner in there with him, I think there's a little bit more excitement there. And then, yeah, I, I probably haven't seen enough to see maybe more of the downsides of Humanoid other than that Rogue series in the playoffs, especially, I think, was it game four or something like that he was really really bad and then obviously wonder has that history around him of just being not super consistent either so i'm not putting them anywhere near the top in terms of like you know like being said title contenders but i think they'll still be probably decent at the at the very worst i doubt they'll be bad and of course we can't talk about fanatic if we don't talk about g2 esports immediately right after it Running back for G2 Esports, Broken Blade in the top lane, Yike in the jungle. Mid lane is Caps, but important to notice, he changed his name, I think I saw. Yes, it's back to, yep, capital C. Oh, see, because the story behind that actually, and I don't know if this is the story, but I saw on one of his streams is that to him, he didn't deserve the capital C after his performance in 2021. That's why the capital P came out. And now I guess after they've gone first and second in 2022, I guess he's earned the capital C again. And then a repairing in the bot lane from, I think it was, was it Misfits? Han Sama and Mickey X are going to be the bot lane for G2 Esports. Once again, keeping that old rock, it's tough to see Caps as the only one left from that 2019 roster, but a lot of interesting pieces around this roster. Yeah, I mean, bringing back Mickey X, so... There is two pieces technically of 2019. The continuity is broken, but you know, a little bit of synergy there, I guess. But yeah, to me, this this roster should be a very strong team and potentially a contender for the title. Removing Yankos, I think, to me, that's going to be the main focus uh, in this roster. 
where uh, the storyline for me is in 2019, the super team gets to the world finals, wins the MSI. You had perks on that roster as kind of the clear voice of leadership, the guy directing the team, calling the shots in the majority of a sense, I guess. And then they left or he left. And in 2020, they fell into, or 2021 rather, they fell into this kind of depression state where potentially because of the lack of a leader, who knows? And then Yankos was the guy that stepped up in 2022 as the new leader, the new voice of experience. And now you remove him. So I don't know whether this team is going to fall victim to the same fate where uh, they're going to need to find new direction, new a new rock, so to speak, uh, to kind of springboard off of. Either way, on paper, strong roster. I'll be excited to see them play. Yeah, it should be pretty good still. Uh, I'm excited to see Yike. From what I saw of him, he seemed to be very solid uh, on LDLC and in the LFL. Should I'd expect him to be maybe not a top jungler right away, but probably maybe somewhere in the three to four ish range for a jungler in the LEC. He seemed to be pretty solid, had some really good engages, pretty decisive overall. So I'm excited to see what will come out of him as he'll have to try and manage that entire team. I'm curious about Hansama coming back to G2. I don't know what the overall like general opinion is, but obviously in Team Liquid last year, he just wasn't that impressive. He was he was a good ADC still, but most people were expecting him to come over and like I was saying with Reckless, just do really good in NA and just become and be a top ADC right away. And maybe he was for like a, a smaller period of time, but he never really stood out like he did before in Europe. So him kind of being just average in North America and coming into what should still be a top team in Europe is going to be interesting. I think G2's really, they're either A, really banking on him rebounding back in Europe, maybe some element of homesickness or something like that, you know, maybe being cured can help bounce his form back, better practice, whatever it could be. They're either banking on him finding form again, or they're just expecting him to kind of just be what he was before and then really hoping that a new mid-jungle duo of Yike and Caps can still carry over the form as before. Overall, I do think the roster did downgrade. Um, I don't know if I missed you saying what you thought of it overall or not, Bean. I think Flacket was actually decent enough. I'm surprised that they replaced him after one year. And again, unless Hansama does rebound, I don't think there's a huge gap there. And then I obviously mentioned before how much I loved watching Targamus play. So I think going to Mickey, I think maybe is a slight downgrade, but maybe he has some sort of, you know, maybe leadership potential there that maybe Targamus didn't have. I don't know. But I still think they'll be a top uh, echelon team in the LEC, but I think it's going to be a bit closer to the middle of the pack than some people might think, unless Caps really can go crazy with Yike right away. Yeah, I think that Han Summa is definitely a good player to bring up as a question mark because uh, in 2020, before he transitioned, or 2021 rather, before he transitioned into uh, North America, he was in conversation for the best day to carry in EU. Seeing him not perform to that level in NA was kind of a shocker to me. So whether or not he can regain that form is definitely a good point, but also, I don't want to discount Broken Blade in any sense. Uh, not saying you are, but I think that he is a potential avenue for them to play around. He loves his carry uh, carry champions. Despite being a decent Orn, I think he is a carry player at heart, so they could pull those resources in there. 
And then Caps is Caps. You can get Claps in form. He can carry the team. I think this roster has great potential. Yeah, I still think they'll be good. I just don't know. I, I guess the biggest thing is, again, kind of similar to Fnatic. I don't know if changing the bot lane was the right decision for them to try to improve. I think it's at the best, it's probably the same uh, same kind of level in terms of the bot lane. To me, sticking with the old bot lane could have been a bit risky, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. G2, one of the teams that bounced back after a disappointing 2021. And speaking of teams that are looking to make the bounce back, 2021 Spring and Summer LEC Champions, world-renowned, not winning a best of five, making it to Worlds Mad Lions. This roster upcoming for next year is El Yoya in the jungle, Niski in the mid lane, Karzi Hillisang, ADC in support, and I'm saying their top laner last because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Chasey. Is it Chasey or Chazzy? I think it's Chasey. I think I heard on broadcast enough it was Chasey. Okay, okay. So tell me what you guys think about this. This is a pretty crazy bot lane, right? Take it away, Steve. Yeah, I think that Karzi coming back is interesting. It's going to be a homecoming, but obviously the impressions left with Vitality from basically everyone on Vitality last year weren't great. Obviously a, a big underperformance from him overall, so I'm excited to see what he can be able to do uh, bot lane. And then I think you add Hilly with him, and the only way that this bot lane will go is 12-0 and 0 or 0-12 and 12 basically every game as far as I can tell. Kind of talking about like I was with Rux before, like I thought Rux did a really consistent job in the few games that I saw of him at Worlds, and then watching a couple of his games in Superliga, he wasn't super standout, but he had some, you know, again, kind of relatively consistent performances. Hilly is like the complete opposite of that. And as far as I can remember from last time I saw Karzi somewhat, he was kind of a similar type of player where he'll either do really good or really bad. So I think that bot lane is definitely going to be volatile, which I do like them being able to keep around Elioya and Niski. For most of last year, that was like the super solid thing that they could rely on was trying to get Niski around the map, make plays top or bot, go with Elioya, make dives, invade the enemy jungle if they can. So I like that they were able to keep around that core. Our moot leaving, I think, to most people is not a, a big surprise. I, I didn't I watch too much of them. I heard the the NAR one trick meme, and that that seemed right from the the games I saw of him in playoffs. He did not have a lot of impact on basically any of the games that he played in. A, a lot of just not uh, resoundingly positive play. And then watching Chasey for some of his uh, games, I think he was pretty fine he from what i heard on the broadcast uh for one of the games they did talk about him more a little bit in depth and they said that he was a pretty uh solid laner has really good mechanics remind uh, me of what team he was on before mad lions he was in chasey was in korea I, I challengers think, league yeah he was in the challengers league i forget what team it might have been yeah he played Damn for one? x he played for x7 esports most recently but before that was Damon challengers yep yeah oh okay okay so he's well known within that korean yeah he, he was in the korean challengers on x7 last year he's the i heard that you know pretty good mechanics and lane especially but he still has the instances of lacking map awareness and getting caught out from ganks and maybe diving in a little bit too deep on certain plays 
And from the games I watched of him, he seemed pretty accurate to that description of him. He plays a lot of carry champs mostly. I looked at uh, his Leaguepedia, and out of his last 50 games, he only has seven games that are on tanks. Carry threat guy, he loves to play a wide variety of those champs. It could be Gwen, it could be the more bruiser stuff like Nar, but he has a decent champ pool there as well. And then looking at just his stat lines across games uh, for to get a bigger sense of his sample size, his stat lines looked really impressive in, in the ERLs last year. He had some really monster games, so I think he could probably be a surprising rock in that top lane. We'll obviously have to see him compared to the rest of the league once they actually start playing. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's more so of a, a top lane. Well, it wouldn't be a surprise if it's a top lane upgrade for sure, but I think it's going to be a pretty substantial one. Yeah, and then, yeah, so for me, I'm going to kind of keep it short and sweet for the topics you've covered. Bot lane is going to be an inting powerhouse to me. We've got Karzi completely unhinged, goes in for no reason, dies. Hillisang, my favorite clip of the year for me was... Him flashing into five people at Worlds, self-Lulu ulting, and dying instantly. And then that was absolutely hilarious. So that bot lane, yeah, that bot lane, I think I'm going to lean in favor of 0-12. Uh, but I think you covered uh, excellently what they're going to look like. Very volatile. Uh, Chasey to me, huge upgrade for sure. If he can uh, keep his champ pool diverse in the very least, then he's not going to be as much of a liability as Armut ended up being towards the later half of the year. And then Elioya Niski, the topic that is still yet to be covered, is for me the, the part of the team that's going to need to step up big time. They've demonstrated that they're very strong. They have a good uh, skill ceiling in the first half of the summer split where they absolutely destroyed the league, it felt like. Elioya would pick his carries, Niski would uh, play his playmaking, not necessarily high-resource champions. They'd get themselves ahead, move towards the other parts of the map, and then they just completely siege down the whatever lane they choose and end the game. If they can continue to uh, play at that level and at least come with new strategies, I guess, since the, the league did figure them out later on, then they could lead the team to greatness. But I think it's net downgrade potentially but at the same time they should be a pretty strong team fresh off a of rebranding is the new team in the lec koi starting saigenda in the top lane morang in the jungle larson mid lane comp and trimby in the bot lane a nice facelift for the outside of the organization but not too much of the roster is changing yeah i mean i think the team will still be near the top at the very least keeping most of the team the same is a good move for me and then Oduamne, for me, was a great component in that he could play tanks really well. He could occasionally bring out the carries, but he was more of that weak side player where regardless of what happens, he would come out even or ahead after laning phase and do really, really well in team fights. But I don't think that bringing in Shigenda is necessarily a bad move either, where he has played in the LEC before. He hasn't been on a top tier team by any means he played for vitality which at the time came in 10th place but i don't think that he as an individual player is necessarily too much of a downgrade he's pretty similar in the in the sense that you don't necessarily need to feed your resources into him he's going to be decent uh at the very least and then you can still play around comp trimby in the bot lane comp is a great carry 
very uh, very high potential to put the uh, team on his back. And then Larson, not necessarily flashy, but he gets the job done. So to me, this roster is strong. Shigenda shouldn't be too much of a downgrade. Yeah, I think just about the same. Obviously, they're they're the defending champs. I think Odo leaving was a little bit of a surprise, but I think the other side of the same token, you're probably not going to see a ton of teams just run it back in general, like exactly five for five. And I think out of all the positions, maybe top lane could have been the one that maybe you saw coming uh, with someone leaving. I really liked uh, Malrong in the playoffs, especially. I thought for the finals, I thought he would have been my uh, finals MVP over comp, not by a ton because comp was really good as well. But he had so many great engages, especially on the Jarvan uh, in that final series. I didn't think that he'd be going anywhere. Larson's been there from, I think, the very beginning, if not for a long time with Rogue. So I did not expect him to go, and I don't think you're going to break up that bot lane either. Comp and Trimby uh, did really well regionally. Trimby, you know, has some... He's been on uh, online, you know, with LS and had some interesting pick ideas like the Nasus. I don't think... I don't remember if we ever actually saw that or not, but I, I like what he's capable of, and with comp, I think they do a really good job. So I think if there was a change, maybe it would have been top lane. And then I agree basically with what being said about his agenda. I didn't watch a ton of him, because as far as I could tell him what I remembered of him from the, his previous stint in the LEC before, he wasn't really super impressive, but I, I don't remember there being uh, too much like hate towards him or anything like that. So I think he'll just probably come in. All he has to do is just be solid and don't lose your team the game. And I think they'll still be pretty decent. Maybe they have a little bit of less upside without Odo Omne, but I think they'll still be pretty pretty solid. Yeah, to bring it back to, to Trimby for one second, if you don't mind. Uh, I think, yeah, to, he, he didn't end up busting out the Nasus. Uh, you're right in that sense, Steve. But he's got he's got such a great mind on uh, on his shoulders and... I think he he's like bringing out Soraka in the finals. Nobody's seen that before. And then at Worlds, it was being played. Like this guy is nuts. Do you guys want to hear a quick one-two combo? It's me knocking both of you out because he did, in fact, play the NASA support against DRX in the group stage. Okay. He was I, I meant regionally, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was down fifteen hundred gold at fifteen and twelve hundred experience at fifteen. That's with good. a point eight KDA. That's my boy. That's I my mean, right bringing it out against be. the world champs is kind of hard. So <laughs> that might explain the worlds. That was just a stacked group. Yeah, it was the group of death. Surprisingly, and group of, of death. But yeah, anyway. And speaking of surprisingly, probably from the outsiders looking in, this is probably the roster with the most question marks around it. At least for me, or it's up there. It's SK Gaming with irrelevant in the top lane. Gilius inserts this, running it back in the jungle mid. And then we have Exakick and Doss running the bot lane. Please tell me you guys know a good amount about this team because I definitely don't. So just by the way, Markun's in the jungle, not Xerxe. Yeah, Gilius is at Team McDonald's now. Markun was imp uh, not imported, but transferred over from Excel, yeah. Let the record show. All right, tell me what you think of this team. Uh, to me, I think that this team is honestly an upgrade over the last one. Minus getting rid of treats. Getting rid of treats is an actual uh, crime to me, but that's reportable. That's reportable. yeah, for sure. Uh, but otherwise, beyond that one change, I think that uh, Doss isn't someone I'd necessarily write off. 
Uh, him and Exekick are rookies in uh, the major leagues, but they should come in pretty strong, I, I would hope. Irrelevant is, contrary to his name, I think is a pretty good top laner. He wouldn't be the kind of guy you'd expect to carry, but he does do his job pretty well. And Markun, I think, to me, is going to really seal the deal for this team in rising from where they were uh, in 2022. This guy on XL was really nasty. Bringing him up to from the ERLs initially was a really good move. He brings his A game pretty much every game to me, I think. Uh, so he, he should set up the team for great success. Yeah, I think that, again, from what I watched, I was not a fan of Irrelevant at least in, in the playoff series that he did, he was not that great. Misfits I in think. playoffs was not great, yeah, in general. Yeah, so again, like, that that's the downside of me not following the league for, you know, super closely. I have a little bit of a lim- uh, more limited sample size, but in playoffs I thought he was pretty bad. Markoon, on the other hand, I do agree with you. Markoon looked pretty solid overall. He was uh, just really good, uh, solid ganks and timing, kind of knowing where to be around the map. I think he's definitely going to be an upgrade uh, from Gilius. Surtis and was just someone that it's like don't really think too much of. Doss was in LEC for like a really brief period of time with Misfits like a few years ago, but he didn't last very long, so couldn't think that there was too much of him that was really impressive. And then Exekick, I'm I have some decent hype around him. I think he could be solid. He wasn't far he, i should say he was far from terrible in in the ldlc he had some really good team fights but still some issues with positioning and being more aware around things in team fights that get him in awkward spots i think maybe right off the rip he's not gonna be anywhere near the top of the lec maybe a mid to bottom tier guy i'd say for sure to start but there's probably some potential there because i feel like he has some decent plays in team fights but i, I think there's also definitely with some notable times where he got kind of lost in positioning and just had some really bad deaths so i don't think really that there's going to be a lot of potential for this team right off the bat they're probably going to be in bottom three i'm not a really huge fan of anyone except for Marcoon, and it's not like i'm a huge fan of him and i think exakick has some potential i think that's about it and speaking of teams that are kind of punching up in the league one of the more recent additions to the LEC is Team BDS. A pretty fun roster, in my opinion. Adam is back in the LEC in the top lane. Shio in the jungle. Nuclear Int mid. Lebrov support. And, ladies and gentlemen, the return of Crown Shot. Crowny in the bot lane for Team BDS. What do you think about this roster? I am so ready to see this team play. in For the better or for the worse. Nuclear Int is someone I'm going to knock off really quick. He... The int in his name, in all caps, is very deserved. There was this one game in voice comms where he asked his team, is Kiana bad right now? They said yes, he locks it anyway. Goes 0-9, great time. Lebrov coming from Vitality to me was the weakest player on that roster. In BDS, I don't think he's going to be too much different. Maybe he'll come up on the rise with Crowny, but who knows. But Crowny himself, let me tell you, this guy is long overdue for his return to the LEC. By far the standout player on this team. They're going to play around bot side, have him carry. Very excited to see what he brings to the table with the name change. And then Adam is going to be so much fun to watch because I don't necessarily like to hate on players, but I, I'm i an Adam hater. 
uh, watching this guy lose brings me joy for some reason and <laughs> controversial take maybe but it's it's gonna be a fun time to watch this team for sure yeah i think crowning and lebron were on like a, an iteration of vitality not super long ago yep they were on that and... 10th place team ironically enough with Shigen. yeah yeah i think from from what i remember again it was just kind of like it was basically like their show if they didn't do good there wasn't a lot of room for that team to do good and i feel like it's basically another iteration of that yeah adams had his fair share of controversies uh in game and out of game so i think at the very least like you said it'll be interesting to watch him play i don't expect much in terms of good or great play but maybe he's can improve still he i think he's still pretty young so he's probably has some room for development at the very least shio i thought was pretty decent in in bds academy with him last year again i think he had some pretty uh, reliable engages in team fights solid map awareness it's not like he stood out really on a ton of the games just looking through his uh his leaguepedia stuff and from what i saw it was nothing super flashy or that stood out really good but there's also nothing that was like too alarming from what i saw so i think he'll probably come in and be at the very least not bad so maybe they have someone to kind of focus on the jungle but yeah it's really just gonna come down to crowny and lebrov trying to probably keep them alive and carry in fights um I don't think Adam's really much of a tank player, right? Yeah. And no, no, no. He's like he's like 1v9 carry, stop playing everything. Yeah, so it's like... I don't know too much about Shio in terms of his champion pool. I don't remember it off the top of my head in terms of like, you know, carry threat or anything. It really just kind of feels like, again, it's going to be Crowny and Lebrov and fighting them from uh, being 10th place. This team reminds me so much of... Was it the year before this... Before Vitality had their super team, they had the L9 team. This like feels 100% total L9 over again, and I love it. I will be rooting for them regardless of how they do. I think they'll just be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, one final note for me is as much as I'm on the Adam Hate train, uh, I think that credit is due in a little bit of a sense where he was a bit of an underperformer last time he was in the LEC on BDS, but this past year he did kind of step up he was one of the better top lanes from what i've heard i i i want to say he's gonna do better now but at the same time if he loses then it's gonna be fun still his first his first introduction to the league he was very young yeah you gotta think there's probably he's probably matured as a person and a player a good but i don't then. know about that yeah we haven't no really come on <laughs> yet. give him the benefit of the doubt he please. literally he literally like just got in the another's controversy for like flaming a guy in the oh yeah i saw him like oh that. yeah that was so bad. yeah can't really say he's grown there yet but maybe as a player at least his olaf's still pretty killer <laughs> let's go baby l9 speaking of rosters that are actually going to be insanely fun to watch the other newcomer in the lec taking the spot of misfits is team heretics and let's an go insane roster with ebby from detonation focus me in the ljl in the top lane yankos the Polish god in the jungle, Ruby in the mid lane, Jack Spectra finally getting his LEC debut, and Hersa in the support role. What do you guys think of this roster? Ebby is a freak, okay? Listen, I remember No rival no rivals, we are big Ebby fans. Big I, Ebby I remember fans. 
the first time I saw him play, it was the first time they that Dead FM made it to play-ins, because I remember that was a year that C9 was in play-ins for Worlds. And I'm a sucker for teams that I don't know, like, from other regions or whatever. I'm a big logo guy, and I'm a big colors guy in terms of if I become a fan of the team as a whole. So, like, I loved Dead FM's logo. I loved the color scheme. It's kind of similar, a lot of blue and white to C9. It's like, okay, I got this. I'm a fan. And watching Ebby play since then, it's just been so much fun to watch him. I don't really catch a ton of LJL games, but it doesn't take a lot of looking into him to see that he does a really good job in the LJL. He is incredibly solid. He has a, a huge champion ocean that he plays over there. I don't know if that can carry over here. That's one thing I'm going to be interested in seeing for him. Because in the LJL, you look at his games, and it's just like a, it feels like it's a different champion almost every game for, for some stretches. So I'm excited to see if he can kind of hunker down on some picks since he's coming into a much improved league and kind of come in and be a threat. Um, especially because he does seem to like some of those carry champions. I, I feel like that he can really be a nice piece there if he can actually not like get really dumpstered probably in like the winter or spring split. I feel like he can probably improve. Yankos, obviously everyone knows about Yankos. I'm excited to see Jack Spectra. I've heard his name a fair bit. I didn't get to watch a ton of his games mainly because I knew that there was like a lot of hype around him in the ERLs. I watched a couple of his games and he seemed pretty decent. So good for him to finally get a shot. I think hopefully he can take it and run. Because I think even last year there was some some rumblings on Twitter for fans that wanted to, to see him get in the league and he, and he didn't get a spot. Mursa, I think he was on Misfits last year, right? Again, just watching playoffs, didn't really get a good impression of him. But maybe that's something that Bean can elaborate on a little bit more as watching the league more than me. And then when it comes to Ruby... I think he's probably pretty solid. Again, looking at his KDAs in his uh, ERL league, pretty impressive. I don't think that there was some stuff that was super impressive from the games that I watched, but he definitely had a lot of Smurf stat lines. I think the one thing I noticed about him for sure was that he can still sometimes kind of tunnel really hard in fights, and that makes him overextend a little bit. But on this other side of the same token, has had some pretty good roams and takes enough risks to kind of find flanks and picks that sometimes you do that and it works out really good. And then other times it gets you caught because maybe you're going a little bit too early and your team can't quite follow up. And then maybe there's someone else there that you didn't quite see and they surprise you. So I'm excited for this team. I don't know if they'll be good right off the bat. I don't think they probably will be, but... I'm hoping that they have enough young talent there with Ruby and Jack Spectra that they can become solid carries. Ebby's young for, you know, his first time in the LEC, but I know he's been in Japan for a while, so I don't really know if there's much more of a ceiling there to him, but I'm hoping there is, because if there is, I think this can be a really fun team uh, and also be really good. Yeah, so I'm going to take what you've brought to the table. I'm going to take it one step further because to me, Team Heretics is my dark horse for the LEC this upcoming year. Maybe they won't win a title. That's not an expectation I'm going to put on them right off the bat. I think that they're going to need some time to adjust, need some time to integrate. And then maybe in the summer with the new, uh, with the new design of the LEC, like spring, summer, whatever, I think that they're they're going to be on the rise at the very least. Where Evie, as you said, I'm not going to go too much deeper because you did a great job, Steve. He's a very good carry player, um, has huge potential. To me, Dead FM 
was strong when he was strong, so high expectations for him. Jack Spectra, as you said again, ERL superstar in at least some sense, should come in swinging and all the best to him for me. And then Mursa and Ruby might not be huge highlight reel players, but I think they're going to be strong enough to support. And then for me, Yankos is the guy that kind of got me into the pro scene in the first place. So huge bias for him. I think he's an amazing jungler, shakes off those grandpa memes, uh, performs really, really well regardless. I'm hoping he sticks around for at least another, another couple of years. Yeah, this this team is is one to definitely watch out for. And just like that, we are down to our 10th and final team in the LEC. Fresh off of another example of the EU super team absolutely crumbling. Team Vitality, starting off with Photon in the top lane, Bow in the jungle, Perks mid lane, Neon and Kaiser rounding out the bot lane. What do you guys think of the state of Vitality, especially after we could just honestly call it a collapse of this year with the super team? Uh, yeah, so with this team, I think for me is probably the clearest upgrade. Not necessarily going to be a team to t contend for the title, I guess, but from where they were last year, this is the clearest upgrade to me. Bow in the jungle is going to be absolutely explosive if his solo queue is anything to go off of. He played a little bit in the LPL before, then unfortunately got banned for match fixing. Hopefully he's learned something. He can put his be best foot forward here. Uh, Perks might not be what he used to be in 2019, but still a phenomenal player. I want to see him on carries. I want to see him making plays. He should be a great player to focus on, I guess. Neon Kaiser bot lane, huge upgrade over the last one. Kaiser was amazing when it came to engage supports specifically. The Enchanter meta this past year didn't favor him, so I don't want that performance to be what's too much on people's minds. His performance in 2021 was nasty. Huge hopes for him. Coming back to Neon for a second, I think from, what was it, the Misfits roster this past year, besides VTO, he had huge carry potential. There were a couple Sivir games to me that stood out right out right off the top of the dome where he can put the team on his back in some cases. And then Photon over Alfari should be at least net even. So yeah, huge upgrade. Hope to see this team do better. Yeah, there were I know you said before, Jurgen, that there were two team or that you said uh Fnatic, I think, was the team for you that you were gonna watch a lot. There were two for me that I put ahead of them. One was Heretics, because of the reasons we just talked about, and then the other one was Vitality. Because obviously a lot of people know about Bo being mentioned him, you know, with the ban. He got to EU, uh, hit rank one really, really quickly. And I took a look at his LPL games um, from whatever that was. That might have been like 2019, I think, or something like that. And I watched one of them and then I just looked at the stat lines for the rest of them. Because, oh my goodness, the dude was absolutely berserk in, in the LPL for that period of time that he was playing. It was just absolutely crazy stuff. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a question mark just because he hasn't played competitively in so long. But when you're rank one in Europe and you're probably maintaining your form in solo queue, I think he streams too a little bit at the very least. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of question marks around him, but maybe just something to watch. Can he actually perform well in the confines of the team? I liked Neon on Misfits a little bit. He, I think like being said, the second best player in my opinion on that team. 
he was decent enough in the playoffs and definitely had some some good moments not a top tier adc in the league but i'd say definitely firmly in the upper middle pack of it and then photon was one that i was interested in watching because obviously with some of these guys coming over from challengers korea uh, we saw Berserker in NA last year come over from T1 Challenger into C9. He was crazy. And then there's been some other guys he went over, like Ruby. And then I, there was someone else, too, I don't remember off the top of my head. So I was excited to look at Photon. And he clearly has good mechanics. Again, like a lot of these guys coming from Korea, really great mechanics in the lane. He had uh, numerous solo kills on different champions. Uh, there was a game of Lee Sin Top I watched him play. He had like two or three solo kills in lane in that game. He was really nasty. Had some really good uh, moments in team fighting as well with teleporting and making sure that he was able to get to a fight if he could anticipate one coming up. I think like a lot of guys probably, you know, still young players developing some still concerns with maybe going a little bit over aggressive or overstaying in certain spots after a fight. Maybe I remember one instance that there was just a coming off of a skirmish in bot lane in his uh, ERL league or not ERL league, excuse me, in, in Korea that there was a fight. They stayed too long bot and or there was a fight in the bot lane jungle he's overstayed too long bot and got caught right before like the dragon was coming up and it was just a crazy mistake and it was a really bad fight for him and a bad look for the team he needs to maybe still work on some of that decision uh making and identifying spots to not stay too long i liked what i saw from him i thought the mechanics were really good i think he can definitely step in and you know be a solid top laner i, I definitely don't expect him to be in the bottom tier of top laner i can't exactly put him you know, like exactly one through five or something like that, but he'll, he'll be in that upper part of uh, the league for top laners. Perks, I'm excited to see what he can do. Obviously that Vitality roster last year was a mess. I thought he was, you know, at least decent enough. So they're the team I'm the most excited for. They got a lot of potential with Bo, a lot of potential with Photon. Maybe Neon can take another step and I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. I don't know if it's going to be a success again right off the bat contending for a title, but they'll be pretty good. And when I said earlier Vitality was the last team in the LEC, you want to hear something crazy? I lied to both of you. I lied. I deceived you. Mm. There is an 11th team. Does anybody know what it's called? Uh, I might have missed, missed an announcement. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, Team McDonald's 2023 uh. for the LEC. We have Alfari in the top lane, Self-Made in the jungle, Nuke Duck mid, and Upset Treats bot lane. Probably one of the most stacked team McDonald's we've seen in a long time from the LEC. Yeah, I think upset for sure. The bot lane in general, I think upset the tr and treats the two uh, down there is absolutely criminal. Upset was by far the standout player to me on Fnatic. The guy that would most consistently gain the most advantage, uh, make the most impact, carry his team to victory if they ever broke the into the Nexus. And then Treats as well, maybe not as standout of a performance, but to me, he was the most consistent piece of SK. Having those two teamless is really depressing to me, really hoping that they're brought back in some capacity in the future. Yeah, obviously Upset was the big one. Self-made in Alfari, I guess I'm not entirely surprised with the way Vitality went. I know with Alfari, he's more taking just like a personal break he needed to take some time off. It's not that maybe he did or could have gotten a team he didn't at least look from what it sounded like so that's obviously fine self-made i don't really know what happened with him i think he just probably didn't get a team he didn't do that great last year with vitality 
don't necessarily know how much of that was on him, but he's out. And then I agree with what you said about upsetting treats uh, for the most part. I like treats. I'm not maybe as high on him as like you are from what it sounds like, but I, he's, he's solid enough that, yeah, he probably should be on the team. I don't really know too much about Nuke Duck's performance last year. I know he's been in the LEC since I started watching in like season four, I think at least. I was so say to be fair, Nuke Duck might just be an age thing because he's been playing pretty good on XL, but the age is starting to get up. That is he older than Yankos? Is he twenty five, twenty six? He's he's about on on par because I know that uh, Chachi was the oldest player in the LEC this year. And then Yankos and Nuke Duck would have been closely following, I think, because he's been around since, I'm not 100% sure, I, I haven't been watching that long, but somewhere around like 2011, 2012 was when he started, so it's been a while. Yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, that's long before even uh, season four when I started watching, so he's been around for a long time, and I think, you know, obviously earlier on to his career, he was pretty decent. You know, I remember Deficio always proclaiming the year of the duck and it never happened. You know, it's about time that's like, you know what? Yeah, like if that, if this really was his last stand, you know, in in the LEC last year with XL, good for him. He had a really long career. I don't think he ever won anything, unfortunately, but he's been like a, a solid player for most of it. And, you know, if that's it. Yeah, the brand was, the XL brand was a nothing burger and, this past year, they've turned it around, and now they've got a potential super team. So I'd love to see Nukta come back for one more dance, last dance, if you will. But at the same time, if if this is how he goes out, then I wouldn't be too sad about it either. He's He's been a, a great uh, player to watch. And with that, the first edition of Western Focus has come to an end. We here at No Rival would like to thank you for listening to the very end and supporting us in this new venture. Make sure to stay tuned for the LCS edition of Western Focus in the coming weeks. Till next time.